Acts chapter 2, 41 through 47. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Basic practices produce supernatural results. That's what we're going to study this morning. Basic practices produce supernatural results. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, you would help me now as I preach your word. I pray that it would be clear. I pray that we would understand something or be encouraged in something uh, that we can see very clearly from this passage. I pray that you would uh, build our lives in faith, give us the grace that we need to overcome the challenges that we're facing. I pray, God, if someone is listening uh, that has never trusted you as their savior, that they would turn to you in faith and they would repent from their sin and from uh, their lifestyle of self-reliance. God, I pray that you would speak to us in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. On the screen, we have two pictures. We have one picture of a uh, person holding a pine cone. And in the other picture is a giant sequoia tree. Now, it is very difficult from the photo of the tree to see actually how large this is. Um, but these trees are almost, the base of the tree is almost as big around, not quite as big around as this room, but they probably pretty close. They are gigantic, gigantic trees. And they are found in a very specific part of the state of California. And my family and I were blessed back in the month of May of this year to go and see them in person, okay? Now we see in this photo of the pine cone this is not exactly a sequoia pine cone, uh, but this does come from a pine tree similar to the sequoia tree. And so we can see where in this pine cone, there are many dozens of seeds that are inside these little leaves, right? And so when at a certain time they open up and all the seeds pop out, we can see that a gigantic tree that's more than 300 feet tall, right? 30 stories, as tall as a 30 story building. Okay, a huge tree, so tall when you stand underneath it, it's hard to see the top. And it's very difficult for your mind to grasp how large this is. That it comes from this tiny little seed. And this tiny little seed goes into the ground and given many, many, many years, it produces this gigantic tree. Now, as incredible as this is to see, and crazy as it is to see a tree this big come from a, a seed as small as they are, it is still a natural process. It's difficult to comprehend, but it is still a natural process. 
We understand this process is a scientific process. It can be repeated. It is so important for us in the Christian life to understand the way the results will come in our church and in our life. God gives us basic practices that he wants us to continue. He wants us to do these things throughout the week and throughout our life. He wants them to be in our schedule. He wants them to be things of high priority. And when we do these basic practices, God will bring about supernatural results. It's not like a seed and a pine tree where it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. There are basic practices that are listed here in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 through 47. And we're going to look at these basic practices But I want us to see that what the result of these things is something that is supernatural, meaning it does not make sense. It's not something that can be repeated in a laboratory. It's not something that our intelligence can say, well, yeah, those basic things can produce these amazing results because God is the one that makes these results according to his own will and in his own time. But we are the one that are responsible as a church and as individual Christians for participating in these basic practices. We must begin Christianity with God. What do you want me to do? I will do that with a heart of faith. And then I will trust you with the Result. I will do the basic practice and I will trust you with the result. Now, this list is not the only list. This is just one story of one church. So it doesn't talk about having your devotions and reading your Bible, right? It doesn't say things like that. So we understand this list is not the only list of basic practices. But this is a really good place to start. And specifically, this is the list of uh, where we as a church, this is where we kind of go to and say, this is what we should be doing to please the Lord and to see supernatural results in our assembly. Okay. So verse number one, or verse 40, verse 41, we can see that they... Uh, first of all, they trusted Christ as their savior. They, they responded to the gospel. They started out with salvation. It says in verse 40, uh, let's look at verse number 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. Now that word repent means to change your mind or to change your direction. It says, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ For the remission of sins, that word remission means forgiveness, okay? And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, this is a basic thing. This is where we start. The basic thing is that we must hear the gospel. We must hear that Jesus died for our sins and that he was buried Okay, he was completely dead. He was completely buried into the tomb. 
And then three days later, he rose from the dead and then he showed himself alive for more than 40 days to many, 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 many people. Just because, listen, just because there is an empty tomb doesn't prove that Jesus rose from the dead because somebody could have stolen his body, right? Uh, In the sense of humanly speaking, but we know that he's alive because there's an empty tomb, but also because he showed himself alive. He walked around. He talked to people. He proved that he had resurrected from the dead. It wasn't just that the tomb was empty. The tomb was empty because he was alive. Amen. And he was alive and he didn't just, it wasn't just a rumor. Oh no, he's alive. No, 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 no. They were witnesses of these things. Okay. It says that in verse number, um, look at verse number uh, 30, Acts chapter two and verse number 30. Uh, By the way, this is also in the first church. This is the sermon that Peter is preaching. He's preaching on the resurrection of Jesus. He's preaching on the gospel. And that is why we do it here in our church. We're following the pattern of the first church in preaching the gospel and the resurrected Christ. It says in verse number 30, therefore being a prophet and knowing that God hath sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on the throne, meaning he would come from the line of David. That's what it's talking about. Okay, verse 31. He's seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Jesus was seen. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead and he was seen. This is the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, on your worst day, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. He rose from the dead. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what your challenge is. I don't care what is going on in your life. Because he lives, there is hope. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, there is grace. Because he lives, there is help. Because he lives, we can pray and our answers, uh, an answer will come because he has paid the price. His blood was sacrificed for our sin. He sacrificed himself for our sin. And when we place our faith and trust in him, now we can have a relationship with God Almighty. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, God will hear our prayers and he will help us and he will give us power and he can give us supernatural results that we cannot explain. It's not like a pine cone in a pine tree. It's a basic practice. I've trusted Christ as my savior. And now when I begin to follow these practices, God begins to produce some amazing things in my life that I cannot explain. But it all starts with first, you have to trust Christ as your savior. There are some people that try to produce things in their life. That God has only promised for those who have first gotten saved. Look at look at uh, verse number. Look at verse number forty-seven. Now, after these people get saved, we'll start in verse number forty-six. This, these are the things that God produced in this church: supernatural results. They got saved, then they started following basic practices. We'll get to there in just a moment. But it started with salvation. But look at what God did in this church. 
Okay? God did this in the church. This is the result. It says in verse 46, and they continuing daily with one accord. What does that mean? They're all in agreement. They're all going the same direction. They all had the same idea and the same purpose. Okay? They were all there together. It says one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. That's why, but guys, listen, this is why at Sparrow, we have times where we eat together because it's right here in scripture. It's important for churches to eat together occasionally. Okay. Now it goes on to say this. They did eat their meat with gladness. Uh Oh, would you like to have a church where everyone's glad? That doesn't mean we don't have problems because they have problems. But there's, there's a joy. Listen, there are so many people in this world that are struggling for joy. And they're trying everything within their power to find gladness. But that is a supernatural result from believing in Christ and following basic practices. God is the one that gives gladness. A, God is the one that gives gladness. It doesn't come from your job. It doesn't come from your spouse. Do not expect your spouse to give gladness to you. That's God's job. You don't want your spouse to give you sadness. But the supernatural result, result, the supernatural result of joy and gladness, that's a gift from God. A gift from being an obedient Christian. So if I'm looking for that from a job or from some adventure hmm, or from some fun thing, or some people will even turn to some addictive substances because the chemicals actually do make them feel a little happy for a moment. But is it really gladness it produces? It is not gladness. It is not gladness. It is not joy. Okay? God does that. Continuing, it says, eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Having the wisdom to know, hey, none of this other stuff matters. This matters. Simple, simple life, not complicated. Oh, pastor, I've got a complicated life. You're not really supposed to have a complicated life. Christians are supposed to have singleness of heart. Following Jesus and following basic practices simplifies your life to where, hey, I I can do this with God's help. This is bearable. This is possible. And people, listen, people who kind of say, I'm not going to follow the basic things of Christianity. Man, does their life get complicated fast complicated singleness of heart God, that is a gift from god god is the one that, that that gives us and helps us understand hey this is the simple life just do this do these simple things let let god let god cut away all of the frustrating unnecessary part there's so many people that live with so many frustrations and they're dealing with the frustrations Instead of coming back and saying, God, what are the basic things you want me to do? And I'm going to focus on the basic things. And then I'm going to let you to produce the things in my life that you want to produce. 
Verse 47, praising God. Now, these were things that they were doing, but this is also something that God produced in their life. God is the one that produces praise. God is the one that produces praise, gladness, singleness of heart. Hey, if God, if you're following basic practices and you have a glad heart and you have a single mind, you're saying this is, I'm a focused mind. I'm not living an unfocused life. I don't have unnecessary things in my life. It's much easier to praise God. God is the one that produces the praise. There are people that come to church and they, and we sing the songs and we, we try to have a, a, a spirit-filled praise service every single week. And some people, they just don't get it because they're not following basic practices. Because they're not allowing God to simplify their life. God produces the praise, it says, and having favor with all the people. They, had a really, they were really agreeable to one another. Isn't that hard to find? Isn't it hard? I know as much as we all talk about, you know, as much as the world tries to talk about being agreeable to one another, man, they have a really tough time with it. That really shouldn't be that way in the church. Christians should be agreeable to one another. It says, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Now look, it, it should be the goal of the church to see people saved and baptized and added to the church. It should be a goal that we see that happen. But how does that come about? By following the basic practices and allowing the Lord to add to the church. He's the Lord of the harvest. He is the one that produces that in the church. He is the one that supernaturally produces the adding of people as we dedicate ourselves to these basic practices. Okay, basic practices. First of all, they were all saved. Okay, verse 41. It says they received his word, were baptized. So they received his word. They trusted Christ. They believed in the resurrection. They, they trusted Christ for their salvation. They were baptized. Okay, that baptism always comes after salvation. It always comes after salvation. And then it says um, that they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 uh, people got saved on that one day. That's an amazing, amazing thing. God did that for them. And that was incredible. And then it says in verse number 42, by the way, that's church membership. Okay, this is the order. Salvation, baptism, church membership. We don't do baptism in church membership. I want to be a church member and not get baptized. Nope, that's not the way it works. I want to be a church member, but I don't want to get saved and I don't want to get baptized. Uh Uh-uh, that's the wrong order. It's always in scripture. Always in scripture, saved, baptized, then church member, always in that order. You say, well, I want all of the supernatural results it talks about in the later verses. Have you been saved? Yes. Have you been baptized? Yes. Have you, are you a church member? Well, maybe not yet. I'm not ready to make that commitment. Okay. If you're not ready to make that commitment, then you can't expect supernatural results. The supernatural results come after the commitment. Do we see that? The supernatural results come after the commitment first to Christ for salvation. Then second of all, identifying with him. And then second of all, and third of all, committing to the visible local body of the church, church membership. And then we see 
and verse number 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Let me define for you quickly the, uh, this word steadfastly. It means fast, fixed, or firm. It means established. Okay? Uh, it means constant, resolute, not fickle or wavering. Okay? It means that every single... They, they were committed. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about they were committed. It doesn't mean like one day they're going to wake up, they're going to they're gonna do it or not do it. They, they want to be a Christian or they don't want to be a Christian. The, 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 the next week, well, I had something come up and so I'm not there. It's like they steadfastly, meaning they absolutely were there. The idea is even talking about how like the globe, earth is steadfast. Here it sits. It's always tilted the same way and it's always going around the sun. That's a really good example of being steadfast. So we can see that supernatural results, oh man, guys, we can't miss this. The supernatural result, God blessing came from their commitment to being steadfast. Have you ever planted anything to try to plant like tomatoes or green beans? I remember... I spent a lot of time with my brother this last week and we were talking about different houses we had lived in. And I remember this one house we lived in up in Maine uh, in the U.S. We had this little tiny garden. It was right next to the house and we planted, uh, of course, mom helped us do it, right? We were kids. And we planted like this little tiny garden and uh, it was the first time we'd ever done something like that. And one of the things that we planted were carrots. And kids are impatient. Adults are impatient. We're all impatient. It's, we want something to grow quickly. We want to enjoy the fruit right now. So we take these little bitty seeds. We put them in the ground. You know, on the packet, come these little paper packets with a picture on the front. And the picture on the front had a picture of carrots. We take these little bitty seeds out and we put them in the ground. And every day we'd go out there and water them and we try to pick out the weeds, okay? But after a week or two or three as a kid, we're like, okay, we're ready to eat carrots now. Where are the carrots? Now, when you go to the grocery store, you don't have to wait for carrots because they're sitting there in a package and they're this big, right? But when you're growing carrots... You've got to wait for carrots. And I remember the day. I remember the day. My mom finally said, okay, go and pick one carrot. I was so excited. I ran out the door. My brother and my sister were with me. And we, there's a little tiny green shoot coming out. There's a little leaf coming out of the ground. And I grabbed it and I pulled it up and it was this big little bitty tiny carrot and I washed it off really quick that was a good carrot it was sweet it was amazing unbelievable but it was this big little tiny carrot guys listen it doesn't matter when we do when we do basic practices of Christianity 
When we talk about these next couple of things, they're not complicated. It'll take just a minute to go through them. They're right here in the verse. You've got to do them steadfastly. We can't be impatient with God producing supernatural results. We've got to wait. We've got to do them today. We've got to do them next week. We've got to do them three months from now. We've got to do them every time. We can't put the seeds into the ground the next day, dig the seeds up and see, oh, you know what? They're, they're, I'm impatient today, so I'm going to take the seeds out and I'm going to go put them back in the house. And then when I feel like growing carrots again, I'm going to take the seeds and go put them back in the ground. Pastor, I've been waiting for God to answer the prayer. Are you steadfast? God, I've been waiting for God to produce happiness and gladness and joy in my life. Are you steadfast? I have been. Stay steadfast. Be faithful. Give God time to produce in your life what he wants to produce. It doesn't happen all in one day. It doesn't happen all in one day. It takes time. It takes time for you to grow. It takes time for you to grow into gladness and singleness of heart and having a heart of praise It takes time. Hey, let's talk about as a church. It takes time for a church to grow into the Lord, adding unto the church as God sees fit. God is the one that grows the church. We've got to trust him. If we follow basic practices, he will grow us. He will grow you. He will produce in your life what he wants to produce. I wish he would do this in my relationship right now. I know. But are you following basic practices steadfastly? Are you faithful? Let's look at what it says. It says in verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In the apostles' doctrine. We've looked at this before, but if we go to Matthew 28, they followed the apostles' doctrine. What was that? It means that they had trusted Christ as their savior, but they still needed to learn what the Bible said about being a Christian. These people had not listened to Jesus teach. These people were from out of town. And so they steadfastly listened to the leaders of the church called the apostles teach the teachings of Jesus over and over and over and they, as they listened, they begin to grow. And as they listened, they begin to understand. And as they listened and as they learned the word of God, the apostles' doctrine, the word of God, the word doctrine means teaching. Okay, the apostles, these are the leaders. Where did they get their teaching from? They got it from Jesus. They got it from God's word. The Bible says in Matthew 28, and look at verse 19. It says, go ye therefore... And teach all nations, baptizing them. You see, did you guys see the progression? The same as in the book of Acts, okay? 
teach all nations, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Then verse, verse number 20, teaching them to observe all things. What does that mean? It means Jesus says, for Christianity to produce what it's supposed to produce in your life and in your church, all around the world, you have to steadfastly, repetitively, daily, weekly, faithfully listen to the teaching and preaching of God's word. There's leadership that is responsible for teaching and the church is responsible for listening and learning. And the Bible says here in verse 20, observing means I'm learning. I'm learning so I can do it. How many of you have a job? Nobody has a job. Raise your hand if you have a job. Do you have a job? No, Uh, we've all been trained to do certain things. Okay. Even when it's simple things like teaching my kids how to tie their shoes. Right? It's one thing for Marcus to say, tie my shoe. Right? That's easy. And so that's how we first start coming to church. God, help me. <laughs> right? I want to learn. Good. Next. But here's, here's, here's something different. Teach me how to tie my shoe. Now that's different. That takes patience. You know what that takes, Miss Joan? Repetition. Teaching somebody how to tie their shoe takes repetition. You go like this, and then you take the little bunny and put it through the hoop. And I don't even know all the little... Obviously, I'm not the one that taught. It was probably my wife or maybe the teacher at school. Lots of repetition. And sometimes, sometimes they've, got all the, they've got all the strings going every way, and it looks like a big bundle. And they take two steps and the whole thing falls apart. They hadn't hadn't learned how to tie it just quite yet. Repetition. Steadfastly learning. Guys, listen. Do you come to church with with the idea of teach me so I can do? Teach me to pray. Teach me the Bible. Teach me to praise. Teach me to observe Teach me how to, hey, how do you do that? How do you get an answer to prayer? How do you witness to somebody? Teach us how. And guys, listen, that's a basic practice of Christianity. Basic practice of Christianity is not just coming to church and listening. That's very important. Basic practice of Christianity is coming to learn so that you can do. So that you can do. The Bible talks about walking in the spirit. What does that even mean? Can you teach me how to do that? Can you teach me how to be kind? Can you teach me how not to do this or that? Can you teach me how to get victory in this or that area? Can you teach me how to have help in this stage of my life or in this relationship? Can you teach me how? It's not, pastor, You have this magical mask. It is a Christian mask. And you come, I will come to church and you'll pronounce some very spiritual words, including Jesus' baptism in the Holy Spirit. And as you wave your mask upon us, all of my problems will now be fixed. Is that the way it works? 
That is not the way it works. And if we come to church and we say, will you teach me how? That's a basic practice of Christianity. And what happens? God produces amazing results in your life individually. And then, and then, and then God, God will give us a service like last week where you've got individuals coming together as a church and they're observing basic practices of Christianity in their own personal lives, but also collectively as a church. And then I'll say, does anybody have a praise? Oh, pastor, I've got something. Let me tell you about what God did. And then we read in Acts chapter number two, they continued steadfastly apostles doctrine. And the very end result was praising God. Do we see how God's doing that in our own church right now? How does that happen? How can God do things for me? We've got to be willing to come to church and, be, and, and say, teach me how to do that. I want to, I want to do that in my life. How do you do that? How do you do that? Acts chapter two, steadfastly, the apostles doctrine. It says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship. What's fellowship? What's fellowship? Somebody tell me, what's fellowship? Hmm? Coming together, connecting, we say. Community, some people say. You know what, you know what is not fellowship? Watching online is not fellowship. What? We can get content online. We cannot get community online. You know what one of the basic practices of Christianity is? Seeing you guys in person, coming together. Jesus says where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst. And you know what? A supernatural result, a supernatural result occurs when we decide to meet together. It's something that you cannot do by yourself in your room. It's something that you cannot do online when you're watching. That's why COVID and the lockdowns were so terrible. Because it can't be reproduced. There was a spiritual hunger. There was something missing when we had to stay home because of lockdowns. Am I right? Is that true? Okay. Is there something that's missing in your spiritual life when you can't come or when you decide I'm not going to go today? Absolutely. It is not the same. Pastor, I'll listen to the sermon. That's awesome. And you should. If something happens and you just can't come, I understand that. But let me tell you something. In order for Christianity to go forward, we have to commit. We're going to meet together. We're going to meet. We're going to meet together. We're going to fellowship. We're going to chat. I'm going to ask you how your week was. And you're going to tell me. Because the Bible says so. Right? Yeah. Hey, listen. There is something that's supernatural that happens when you come to church with people who have believed on Jesus Christ. They've gotten baptized. 
They've chosen to join the church and they're listening to the same teaching and they're doing the teaching as best as they can in their own life. And then we see one another. Hey man, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. Hey sister, it's so good to see you. How's it going? And they end up, listen, the people that you go to church with become better friends to you than unbelieving family members. Because they get it. There's a connection there. You're fighting the same good fight of faith. You're fighting the same devil. You're trying not to be of the world even though we live in the world. We're trying to achieve the same supernatural results in our life. Praising God. Hmm? And you come to church and it's like, hey man, isn't it amazing, guys? When you go and you go to another country and you hear people worshiping the Lord in another language... You know what? One of the craziest things that's ever happened to me is God answering a prayer when I was speaking a foreign language. We learned the language Nepali, Nepali language, the language of Nepal. And you learn to pray in this language. And at first you you feel kind of foolish, like, you know, just very kind of like, I don't know. I sound like a baby right now trying to pray in this language. And, and you're just, God, please bless this service. And God, please help my family. And just basic little things as your language grows. And then the most amazing thing happens. Did you know that God speaks your language too? He speaks English. He speaks Arabic. He speaks Nepali. He even speaks Spanish. <laughs> and Spanish people, they, they say he probably spoke Spanish first, which is not true. Jesus spoke Aramaic and Hebrew and Greek. And that's why you can, you can look, you say, well, they're not, they're not the same. They're not the same as me. Oh, you mean they don't have the same skin color as you? They don't have the same country of origin? Let me tell you what we have the same. We have the same Savior. And he hears my prayer and he answers my prayer just like he hears your prayer. Because when Jesus looks at me, he doesn't see my color. He doesn't see my background. He doesn't... He doesn't see my sin. He sees I'm a child of God. I am forgiven. I am trying to be obedient. I'm not perfect and neither are you. And that's what we see when we come to church. Other people that have trusted Christ as their savior. They are forgiven and blood bought even when I don't feel like it. They are. And they encourage me. When I don't feel it, when I'm not feeling it, and I'm having a tough time. And that's why we come together. It's because we share the strength, my friends. We share it. We share the strength. Brother, why do you keep talking about coming to church every time and hearing the preaching? You just want us to listen to you. That is not true. I want you to listen to him. When we come together, we experience Jesus in a way that cannot be replicated in any other way. And part of that is through listening to the preaching with the heart of what, how can I do this? And the second piece is through fellowship. Pastor, why do you make us come over to your house? Guys, seriously, honestly, this is the reason. It's a little bit farther. It's a little bit, you know, because here's the thing. We could meet here. We could pay the money and rent this room once again on Wednesday night. We'd have it from 7 until 8.30. But some of y'all talk too much. And we always get kicked out and we always make people mad. 
Am I right? You Wednesday night folk? It's true. It's mostly Alexis. I'm picking on him today. I hadn't seen you in a week, brother. Right? Listen, biblically, the church has to make time for fellowship. It's not just about come. Listen, don't come in. It's okay if you're late, if, if you have to be late. But one of the reasons about coming in early is so you can see people. It's not just about coming in and hearing the songs and then jetting the soon. Sometimes we've got to think. It's okay. But we have got to make time for fellowship. Why? Because God produces supernatural, unexplainable results in your life when you make time for fellowship with Christians. Where else are you going to get it? Oftentimes when we're trying to run away from fellowship, we got something in our life that we're not doing right. We got some sin that we're doing. We got some lifestyle we've chosen. We're, we're going the wrong direction and we don't want nobody to ask us about it. If I stick around, they're going to ask me too many questions. Listen, mostly the people that are doing illegal things are the ones that are afraid of the police. Now, we're not the police. We're on the same side. So why are you coming in here acting like you're not on the same side as me? We're on the same side, aren't we? If you're not walking with the Lord and you're not praying and reading your Bible out there, and you coming in here, you're not going to feel comfortable. I don't like that church. I don't feel comfortable. Are you reading your Bible and praying? Because if the whole group's reading their Bible and praying and loving Jesus and trying to be a witness and they're trying to love one another and you come in and you're not living like that, you're not going to get the encouragement. You're going to feel, you're, you know what you're going to feel? You're going to feel conviction. You're going to be uncomfortable. Can I just kindly encourage you? Hey, come on over. Why don't you leave that silliness? Leave that sin. Stop going that direction. Don't go back to your old life. Come and be a part of this life. This is the good life. This is the life of supernatural results. And here's what the devil lies to us about. And he says, listen, that old life, there was some fun stuff back there, wasn't there? Remember those boys? Remember those girls? You remember the drugs? You remember that feeling? You remember the drinking? You remember the parties? You remember that? You remember the, the, the music? You remember all that? You remember that life? You remember all that back then? Boy, there was some good feeling like that, wasn't there? And he calls us and he coaxes us. And then we come to church and we don't, we're not feeling it. We don't feel it. It's because you can't live in both worlds. You got to pick a world, friend. Pick this one. This is the world of supernatural results. This is the, this is the world of gladness. And simplicity of life and singleness of heart and people who really and truly care about you. Well, I'm not going to be your friend if you don't drink this. Then you're not really my friend. Go away. <laughs> Look at what we see next. Apostles doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. Now, this breaking of bread can mean two things. Eating. We talked about that. That can be the fellowship part. Breaking of bread in this instance can also mean taking the Lord's Supper. The observance of the Lord's Supper. Now we can see the progression here. Saved, baptized, church member, Lord's Supper. That's why here at Sparrow Baptist Church, in order for you to participate in taking the Lord's Supper, you have to be saved. You have to have a testimony of salvation. Baptized and a church member in order to take the Lord's Supper. Every time the Lord's Supper is talked about in the Bible, 
it's always talked about within the context. He's talking to saved people who've been baptized and who are a member of that local church. So if you're not a member of this local church or another local church like this one, the Lord's Supper is not offered. And what happens when we take the Lord's Supper? It is a very moving experience where you simply take some grape juice that's represent, it represents the blood of Jesus and some unleavened bread that represents the broken body of Jesus. And we have a prayer and we take these things. But there's something about experiencing that together with Jesus that brings a spiritual refreshing and appreciation of Jesus dying on the cross for us. It achieves a supernatural result. Well, I just don't get it. You, it's not about you getting it. It's about us being willing to follow God and say, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to position myself so I can experience that basic practice of Christianity. And I'm going to trust God with a supernatural result. The last one is this prayers. 42 verse 42. Breaking of bread and in prayers. Praying is a simple thing. Praying is not a difficult thing. Praying is a basic practice of Christianity. It is a basic practice of the church. Pastor, what are we going to do when we come to church? We are going to do these things. Now, we don't take the Lord's Supper every week. We take it about four, five, six times a year, okay? But this is what we do here at Sparrow Baptist Church. And this is what God promises to bless. As our church grows in maturity, and as we seek out more ways to be together, we will grow in these practices. We're going to grow in the word of God. We're going to grow in fellowship and connecting to one another. And we're going to grow in praying for one another. We're going to grow in praying for one another and about the situations in this world and about the situations in our life. Now, I'm going to show you one thing and then we'll be done. Look at chapter two and verse number one. We see the supernatural result of the Holy Spirit coming down in chapter two and verse one. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, that was a supernatural result. But how did that come about? Chapter one and verse 14. Acts chapter one and verse 14. We'll back up to verse number 13. It says in verse 13, when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of, the, the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas, 
the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. What was the first church doing before the supernatural result of the Holy Spirit coming down? What were they doing? They were praying. Pastor, I want to see supernatural results. Then we need to pray. I am praying. We need to pray together. I'm uncomfortable sharing my request. Share it with somebody, please, in the church that you can pray with. There are some things that are sensitive and you don't want everybody knowing. I understand that. But there is supernatural results in coming to your church and sharing your request and praying with one of your brothers and sisters. Notice in chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, it does list the apostles, the leaders of the first church. But it also lists others, including the women. Praying in the church is for everybody. We come together to pray and we trust God with supernatural results. Everybody bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Basic practices produce supernatural results. Basic practices produce supernatural results. Has God spoken to your heart this morning? Have you trusted Christ as your savior? Do you know for sure that you're saved? Has there been a time when you've trusted him and you're not trusting yourself, you're not trusting your religion? You've come to Jesus with your heart completely. You've said, I believe in you. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe that you alone can wash away my sin and take me to heaven when I die. That's what it means to be saved. That is salvation. That is being forgiven. Only Jesus can do that. If you've never done that, I encourage you. You can do that right where you're sitting. You can speak to me or my wife. You can reach out to us. Have you been baptized? Has there been a time where you've scripturally been baptized in deep water? Are you a church member? Are you following the basic practices? Are you following the basic practices? Well, pastor, I'm trying, but I've struggled. I'm struggling with the steadfastness part. Remember, you've got to keep the, those carrot seeds in the ground if it's ever going to produce anything. You've got to be faithful. One of the ways that can help where we can help one another be faithful is by coming. And telling someone, would you pray with me that God will give me help to be faithful? Are you committed to fellowship? Are you committed to prayer? In the coming weeks, we'll talk about the rest of the story where they were committed to giving out the gospel. And they were committed to financial generosity. We'll get to that basic practice in just a, in just a few weeks. But right now, we're just going to talk about 
committed to Bible preaching, committed to Christian fellowship, committed to praying with one another. I'm going to ask everyone to stand as we pray. Everybody stand up, please.